0: Hello and a warm welcome wherever you are, dear listener. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope, with a new life program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Monica Kamukwa. We are more than glad to have you on board. Our first segment today will be on Family Life, and Pastor Kigundu will be joining us to talk about 12 Steps to Forgiveness. Thereafter, Sister Becky Arunga will join us during the Bible segment to talk about being vigilant. But before we do that, Faith for Today Quartet comes to us with the song, Somebody is Knocking. Sit tight and
1: enjoy. Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. is knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. At your door, somebody's knocking at your knocking at your door. Oh, sinner, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Knocks like Jesus. Somebody's knocking at your door. like Jesus, somebody's knocking, at your somebody's knocking at your door. Oh, sinner, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. at your, door. At your, door. At your door.
0: Welcome back, dear listener. You're listening to the new Life program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. And now on Family Life. Pastor Kigundo joins us with more on 12 Steps on Forgiveness. Stay tuned and be on the noon.
2: listener we want to welcome you again to our abundant life series it is based on John 10 verse 10 where Jesus promised abundant life when we talk about this abundant life we are convinced it also encompasses the area of marriage and today I want us to talk about the 12 steps to forgiveness Dear listener, where there is marital unfaithfulness, we need to seriously heed the call to forgive our erring spouses so that we can bring healing and the needed reconciliation. Well, forgiveness seems almost unnatural because our sense of fairness tells us that people should pay for their wrongs. But we need to understand what forgiveness is. Webster's Dictionary defines forgiveness this way. To give up resentment against, stop being angry with, to pardon, give up all claim to punish, overlook, cancel a debt. That's an awful lot to ask a person whose spouse has been unfaithful. But forgiveness is setting a prisoner free. The surprise is, once you are forgiven, you discover that the real prisoner who has been freed is yourself, not the person who has hurt you. You become free of bitterness and free to enjoy your present and your future. Forgiveness is a response to an injustice. It is a turning goodwill, a merciful restraint from pursuing resentment or revenge. Forgiveness is paradoxical, the opposite of what comes naturally, because it is human and natural to be resentful and require others to pay a price for their wrongdoings. Yes, the person who wronged us should pay for the wrong they have committed. They owe us something. The problem is there is no price highs enough sorry the problems the, sorry the problem is there is no price high enough that would pay for this injustice. So we make a decision to cancel their debt anyway. You see, it's like bankruptcy laws. In the old days, if you borrowed money and couldn't repay it, you are thrown into debtors' prison. Some people came along and said, hey, wait a minute, this isn't fair. Just because someone really messed up once and can't repay their debt doesn't mean they're a bad person and will never be able to get it right in the future. Let's cancel all their debts, give them a second chance, and hope they have learned a lesson from this experience. That's what bankruptcy is. Now, when you go bankrupt, they just don't let you start over as if nothing happened. You see, you have no credit at all You can't borrow a cent You have to start building from zero And you have to be accountable for all your action You have to send in a monthly report of your income and your expenditure to the trustee And show that you are managing your money well And paying your bills for a period of time before they discharge you Bankruptcy laws are a beautiful thing Giving people a second chance is much better than forcing them to live in prison for the rest of their lives. And most people go on to live productive lives after bankruptcy. So forgiveness is canceling a debt. You don't deserve it, but the person decides to give you a second chance to believe in you and give you a fresh start. Now, I want us to understand what forgiveness is not. Dear listener, forgiveness is not condoning the wrong behavior forgiveness is not forgetting about it forgiveness is not denial pretending it didn't happen forgiveness does not mean the pain has gone away to truly forgive we must be aware of an important distinction forgiveness is not reconciliation with a person reconciliation is different forgiveness is one person's moral response to another person's injustice and now i want us to look at the 12 steps to forgiveness number one write down the name of the person you need to forgive number two acknowledge how hurt you are and even the hatred you may feel towards this person for what they have done number three Think of the times in your own life when your wrong actions have hurt and disappointed others. We also owed a debt we couldn't pay. None of us is perfect. None of us is without fault. It is much easier to forgive others when we bear in mind our own weaknesses and failings. We are all in need of forgiveness from time to time. Number four. Decide you'll bear the burden of the person's wrongdoing In other words, your spouse's affair is causing you tremendous pain That's the burden Be brave and decide you'll face that pain rather than attempting to escape from it As you do, the pain will begin to subside Decide to be bigger and better than the situation at hand do what's right, and the situation will in time be timed in your favor. Remember that doing good sometimes includes confrontation. Doing good is not tolerating injustice. Number five, take your piece of paper and write, I forgive, and then, you know, fill in the person's name for Write it all down, and it made me feel. Write it all down. Then number six, make a decision to forgive. Say it aloud. I make a decision right now to forgive. And you know you write, Verbalize the situation. Take as long as you need to, and please be real. And ask for divine help if you need to number seven and this is interesting destroy the list rip the paper or better yet burn it number eight do not expect that your decision to forgive will result in major changes in the other person number nine try to understand the person you are forgiven what is their point of view how do they feel Why did they do what they did? What have their life experiences been that have made them vulnerable to such temptation and wrongdoing? Number 10. Expect positive results of forgiveness in you. Knowing forgiveness sets you free from the past and significantly reduces vulnerability to physical... sorry. Sorry, sorry no forgiveness sets you free from the past and significantly reduces vulnerability sorry it reduces vulnerability to physical sicknesses in you it reduces the amount of toxins in your body and forgiveness will make you healthier number 11. think of what you have learned through this experience and ask yourself What could you do better in future? How can you help others going through the same or similar pain? It helps when you can redeem some meaning or purpose out of all the pain and the mess. It feels much better when we can think this, sorry, it feels much better when we can think it was not for nothing, that it was not meaningless. The ability to, to the ability sorry, the ability to, to empathize with others going through similar pain is an important benefit we gain from forgiveness. And lastly, number twelve. Please be sure to accept your part of the blame for the offenses you suffered where applicable. Do not accept the blame for your spouse's affair, but accept the blame for your part in your relationship breakdown. That is very hard to do, but when it is finally done, it brings tremendous inner healing. As we conclude, dear listener, I want to remind you, forgiving something as major as betrayal is a process. It takes time to process all of our emotions, anger, grief, and sadness. The important thing is to be moving forward from whatever point we are at. It is healthy to give yourself appropriate time to process your emotions when forgiving infidelity. Dear listener, forgiving is hard, but remember nothing is impossible with God.
0: For those of you who are just joining us, this is the new live program with me, Monica Kamoko, your host. Coming to you live from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. If you wish to drop comments, suggestions, and questions, do so through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Now that that is off the way, here is a song, Two Wings by Faith for Today Quartet. Don't go
1: anywhere. The devil won't do me no Never won't do me no harm. Will he come as a shadow in the darkness?
0: My dear Lisa. Not- Thanks for choosing our station. We are because you are. Now, joining us on the show for the Bible segment is Sister Becky Arunga. She will be talking about being vigilant. Be blessed.
3: Our great God has afforded us an opportunity to study his word and learn his truth daily as recorded in the scripture. This day I want us to meditate upon the life of Job and see how our adversary the devil is always beckoning upon us and waiting to seize every opportunity to take us captive. But we have assurance in the Lord who is our guide, our rock and the helmet of our salvation. I invite you to this study session. I am Becky Arunga. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, you are the one who has made it possible for us to be partakers of your divine glory. Now, Lord, we pray that as we study your word, you give us divine utterance. May your spirit guide, lead, and comfort along paths of righteousness. Thank you for every good and every perfect gift that is from you. Give us utmost concentration till we come to a close, for I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Job has enough stories for us to learn, and this time I want us to consider Job chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. And the scripture says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Beloved, this account brings to us a scenario in the great controversy that shows that when God is taking charge of his creation, we find that Satan is also there, the accuser of brethren, ready to present before God an accusation against those who deem to serve God. But one is to give much consideration to the answer of Satan. When God is asking, from where do you come? Satan is answering, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth in it. Essentially showing that he is coming as someone who is in charge of a particular place. And he is boasting of his majestic abilities to walk to and fro and back and forth in the universe rather in earth. And so this is what points us to our great meditation today. It is sad that some of us live our lives oblivious of the devisings of the devil. It is sad that we live our life not aware of that which the devil adversary has set forth before us. And many times we have caught unawares by his deeds. Many times we fall into temptation because we have refused to believe that the devil is real and we can only subdue him by relying totally and wholesomely in God. Now this very devil that we speak about are saying that he's walking to and fro from the earth. At the fall of man, he gained dominion over the earth. But when Christ died upon Calvary, He no longer has dominion over the earth. Even so, he is filled with rage and anger, for he knows that his time is short. He is filled with rage and anger, for he wants to get to his side, many who can share with him the torment that hell affords. But Christ has a word to us in this time and age. Because we are aware of the devisings of the devil, what ought we do. Uh, the, the Apostle Peter writing in the Apostolic Age has something that every Christian ought to understand and know because of the devisings of the devil. What is it then that we need to do? Um, first Peter, and the chapter is five, and the verse is eight, is giving us a better and sure way of defeating the devil. The Bible tells us be sober. Be vigilant. I mean, the only way of defeating our adversary is by being sober. Sobriety brings to view the concept of having a clear mindset, having a clear perspective of what's going on, not having your mind clouded with the pleasures of this world, the food that the world offers, drinks, alcohol, and any other such thing that appertains to removing sobriety from a person. And then be vigilant. It is not just enough to be sober. It is not just enough to have a clear mind. We need to apply ourselves to defeating the enemy. We need to apply ourselves in partnership with God. With prayer, we can stand up for Jesus. With prayer and Bible study and witnessing in form of evangelism, we can be able to defeat the adversary, for we defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of our testimony. Why ought we be sober and vigilant? As I've said, the devil is walking to and fro and back and forth on the earth, and he is essentially seeking whom he may devour, to take on his side, to take to the place that is prepared for the devil and his angels, which is hell, a place of torment. Peter writes and says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. The Bible tells us, as we are sober... As you're vigilant, you need to resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We should resist the devil, no matter the sufferings we are going through. And that is what essentially we learn from the account of Job. Because as the devil was walking to and fro on the earth, seeking whom he may devour, he rightly came with an accusation against Job. And he was quick to attack not only his character, but also his family and his possession. The devil says in Job 1.8, The Lord is speaking to Satan and he's saying, Then the Lord say to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. In essence, is he's resisting the devil steadfastly. Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? I mean, the devil is bringing accusations upon accusations against us. But God says, Resist him steadfastly, knowing that these same sufferings that you're going through are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Beloved, what suffering have you been going through? What is it that has been taking the joy from your heart? Remember, Though weeping may last in the night, joy comes in the morning. One appeal I make to you, as we're fighting the adversary, as we're fighting the devil, one thing stands for sure, be sober and be vigilant. Remember to resist the devil steadfastly in faith, because we are together in this as brethren, encountering the sufferings, Given unto us by the devil, but our God is faithful. He shall not allow any test or temptation to fall us that is beyond our means. He shall supply grace in measure to enable us to overcome the wiles of the enemy. Therefore, beloved, I beseech you, make a decision for God by being sober, by being vigilant, and resisting the devil steadfastly in faith. For surely the Lord shall safely lead you as he did with Job. Let us pray. O dear Heavenly Father, we give thanks for reminding us in your word that there be only one way of resisting the wiles of the enemy. As we are sober, as we are vigilant, moving forth in faith, we are able to resist the devil in all his forms. And I pray, my blessed Redeemer, that you may guide, you may comfort, and you may shield. All that we seek to do, Father, we commit before you. But one plea, Lord, revive us, that you may be able to stand firm and steadfast for the truth that sets us free. May your spirit of truth guide us to all truth, for I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for finding time that we may study about resisting the devil and how God intends us to do it. May the Lord keep you safe till we meet again. Be blessed.
0: Thank you for staying tuned throughout the show. I hope you are blessed just like I was. Don't forget to send us your views, comments, or questions about the show. Through the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Remember, this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Until next time, when we meet right here, I have been your host, Monica Kamokwa. May God bless you.
1: Somebody's knocking at you. Somebody's knocking at you. Somebody's knocking at you. Somebody's knocking at you. Somebody is knocking at your door. At your door, somebody's knocking at your knocking at your door. Oh, sinner, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Knocks like Jesus. Somebody. Jesus, somebody's knocking at your door. somebody's knocking at your door, oh, sinner. Why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Can't you hear?